Hello, this is Walter Fauntleroy, Sam Owen from Tyler Perry's The Oval, and you're tuned into Suave Sessions. So where did you where did you grow up? What was what was childhood like? Um, let's start kind of there. Yeah, well, I I grew up all over. I, I, I'm a, I'm a vagabond of sorts, <laughs> but I was a military brat, man. My dad, uh, he he got out of the military and he reenlisted. So um, as fate would have it, he was stuck in uh, Wichita, Kansas at the time, and uh, he 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 went to a, a a party with a friend of his. Uh, that lived in Dallas. So my dad's originally from Philly, Philadelphia. So when he okay. was in Wichita, Kansas, stuck, they, they came to Dallas for this, for this, because uh, the guy was from Dallas. Then they got stuck because of the snowstorm in Wichita, Kansas. Well, he met my mother. <laughs> you know, wow. and that's how my parents found love. They've been married 50 years. You know, where they met my mother, they got married not too long afterwards. And then me and my brother were here. But check this, my dad was in the war in Vietnam before. So, um, and then he was also a track athlete, a huge uh, 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 track athlete in college. You know, I mean, I think he, I think he qualified for the Olympic trials back then. He was pretty good, but he went from not being able to walk to being paralyzed in a year because he went to Vietnam and got caught up in an explosion and was blown up. So before I was born, right, and he went from from '67, he went from being able to walk, this world class athlete, athlete, to not being able to walk at all, let alone run. You know what I'm saying? Wow. So he would never have kids. So he never walk again. You see what I'm saying? And then about a year later, a miracle happened, thank God. And everything kind of came back. And then me and my brother were here. So then, uh, well, then late years later, of course, I was born, of course, in Philadelphia. <clears throat> my dad re-enlisted. We started traveling the world. So I grew up, uh, 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 my first base initially was in Japan, Naha Kadena. Came back to the world, lived in Jersey for years. Uh, travel. I lived in Texas before. I, I live in LA now, so I lived in Texas before I moved here. We were, I lived in Europe, so I used to play ball, wrestle in Europe um, during my high school years. And so that was pretty much my life growing up. I was pretty much, I saw the world, the world became much smaller to me from the very beginning. I, I grew up, I had a crush on a on a little Japanese girl in kindergarten, you know what I'm saying? So, <laughs> I mean, I, I saw the world a lot differently from the beginning. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's, I'm always like, I'm always intrigued by people who were like military kids that got to like travel all over the place. Um, how was that? I guess as a kid. So yeah. Didn't realize that thing was on. Okay. Um, I guess as a kid, what was it, what was it like kind of having those experiences or was that just, did it seem normal to you because that's kind of like how you were, how you were growing up? Yeah, it was normal. I think, you know, like I didn't, I didn't have a, a really a choice and my dad was the kind of military man and maybe he had a little help in the spirit on his side because he was the kind of military man when he was like if, if my family's not going i don't care i'm not going wow <laughs> yeah man and so somehow we were always able to travel with him we he never left us behind we we, we were always together as a family mm -hmm. and so for me it was just an adventure you know yeah. um but i was always looking for you know you know that that silver lining for me in terms of, of what, what where I fit, 
that was I think that was the main thing, and and I still kind of deal with that now, because I I think maybe I maybe I had some I don't every three years you have to move, so I don't want to say attachment, yeah. you know, kind of issue, but I, I've always kind of allowed my itself a, a little buffer, even with me, and so it kind of stands in the way now, because mm-hmm. you know in three years growing up habit is a mother, you know, so it's like the the change of habit are often too light to be felt until they're too heavy to be broken. So now that I'm trying to break that habit, it's hard because it's become part of me. So like if I meet somebody initially, it's it's all that military, that 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 kind of uh, vibe, get close, but can't get too close. Why? Because mm-hmm. this relationship is going to be over in a few years. And I might know you a year and then you might be gone. I'm here three years, but you might have already been here too. You might be yeah. leaving in six months. So it's always that thing that's kind of like right there in the background. You know what I'm saying? So it's like with people, I have to constantly try to manage my emotional self and as well as that kind of military upbringing. You see what I'm saying? So it's, it's always that balance I'm trying to find. Did that, um, let's switch back a little bit. So when you're, when you're doing that and you're doing all the traveling, um, cause I know you were, you were into sports. Yeah. Um, <laughs> how was that, how was that working? Like, I guess, Again, you get on a team, you're there for a couple of years and you got to split and go somewhere else. Yeah. How did that how did that work? I guess like building the athletic side of who you were. Well, I think on 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 many levels it made me more competitive. Um simply because you didn't have like when when I was I, I played sports all my life. Uh but I didn't find my 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 kind of mojo till I started playing football because I wasn't really good at many things. Like my brother was great at baseball. I mean, I think my brother could have made the major league it's quick. You know, he got yeah. discouraged, you know, from some of the some of the uh, uh prejudices that he had to deal with, especially in the South. And then um <clears throat> but football kind of opened the door for me um along the way. And then as I started to get older. Like I had a lot of opportunity that started to present itself very early from junior high on up. But as mm-hmm. I started getting into high school years, that's when my dad's career was on the downside. So we went to, I went to, I, I was in Germany. So I was at, played at Bitburg uh, uh, High School in Germany. And then um, we moved back to the world, but then we moved to Phoenix, you know what I'm saying? And then after Phoenix, we were only there a year, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And then we moved again. And so it was like, I couldn't really, after the movie, it was kind of hard those those last two years to fall in, in line with that. The dream was yeah. still there and the opportunity still presented itself. I just think that I didn't choose it. If I would have chosen mm-hmm. it, I would have been a successful football player. I just didn't choose it. You know what I'm saying? I think uh, I got discouraged and I started looking to a lot of the situation, my environment, things around me, trying to acquiesce my way through that. Um, my mm-hmm. past isn't so, you know, pristine i'm not proud of it you know um i i i have caught cases i have records that's been expunged you know i, I didn't people my, my high school counselor told me i'd be dead or in prison by the time i was 20 you see what i'm saying these this stuff that teachers and people are telling us you know what i'm yeah. saying but my mind was strong and and understanding well you don't know me i'm not from here i'm from all over i know life i know culture i know how to communicate i know this is 10 to 15 percent of communication you know there's a whole lot of entities that ways and how we communicate that I can read even when even when you're telling me this you know what I'm saying so I push back sometimes without pushing back well I'll literally push back um but I think that the the lessons of growing up always having to adapt uh 
getting these things in my mind where I'm, where I'm like champions of death, you know what I'm saying? Uh, um, if, if you got a rope of dope them, you know, I don't have to always float like a butterfly, sting like a bee. You're going to find a way to win and, and, to, and to adapt to my environment and to shine in my environment. I think that's what the military really helped me do. But in terms of sports, those final four years, not being able to play like I wanted to, it, I think it made me angry, right? And, mm. so, and so kind of resentful, but it was unspoken. And so it started to come out in my, if I couldn't play sports, I could, I could put it in, on the football field. But if I didn't have that, now it's coming out in other areas. You see what I'm saying? Right. I didn't have right. wrestling, so I couldn't, I couldn't use that as a vehicle or as a conduit to release that frustration. I did start to lift weights real, a lot, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Uh, 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 but uh, I didn't have that 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 escape. So I guess maybe the weights became that, you know, after high school, and um, it kind of helped open the door for me too, the weights a little bit. But gotcha. that was the frustrating part. Yeah. When did when did acting come into your picture? From the beginning. In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. The same was God in the beginning. We know what it is, right? In the beginning, man, yeah. I was a little kid. Uh, we were on a military base at, uh, I think, Naha, Kadena, Japan. And uh, there was this military show on TV, like Sesame Street. And uh, it was base programming uh, on, on, on military TV. And I would watch it with my brother all the time. And there was kids on there, and the kids would be on there sometimes, little kids, kind of like elementary school kids. But like they on this mm-hmm. bleacher set, like we're taking pictures in elementary, right? So it's a little bleacher set. And the guy goes around, hi, what's your name? My name is Timmy. Hi, what's your name? My name is 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 Don. My name is my name is Betty. And sometimes you get to a kid and they'll say, they just freeze. What's your name? <laughs> I'm gonna say anything, right? And I'm like, man, what's wrong with those kids? I'm like, four, man, five. I'm like, man, what's wrong with those kids? If I was on the show, I would never do that, you know, because I was like, you're on TV, right? I get on the right. show, my dad gets us on the show. My dad somehow gets us on the show. My brother and I go on there. My brother's a year and two weeks old. So he gets on there and they go around. What's your name? Timmy. My name is Don. Whatever, right? Get around my brother. My name is Reggie. Right next to me. Hi, what's your name? <laughs> I froze, man. God, I froze, man. I got so scared. I was like, wow. And I, I never forgot that. It's almost like it's a lesson. You know, judge not. You know what I'm saying? It's like, okay, yeah. this thing came around for me. But it haunted me, and, but I, I knew from a little kid, I think I always wanted to be on TV. It was like intuitive. And then when I was about eight or nine, my dad in the military, there was a show called Tops and Blues. And so they used to have Lester, the guy, Willie and Lester with the dummy, uh, you know, like the black guy, mm-hmm. I don't know if you remember him. He came yeah. on base, I saw him, I loved that. But then the next year, I think my dad was in the show singing and then he did the Dr. Martin Luther King's I Have a Dream. This is like an 82 or 83. At that time, no one was really doing the speech as well as my dad. My dad did the speech very, very well. And I didn't know at the time, but I knew it because it was it became a big deal. Like mm-hmm. they want to do this march. Dr. King's uh, son, Martin Luther King III, was supposed to come in. Coretta Scott King was supposed to come in to see my dad do this speech. I mean, it got this much attention wow. in Jersey, New Jersey, in McGuire Air Force Base. Last minute, I think Mrs. Scott had something come up, so she had to drop out. But Martin Luther King III came. And so you got to imagine, we're on this military base, you have the military processionals, you have Martin Luther King III coming down by himself, my dad's doing a speech, and he comes down, I get to meet him and shake his hand, it's a big deal. When he was supposed to do this march, my dad did the speech, incredible, Martin Luther King III thought it was phenomenal. But then, 
we started getting death threats. <laughs> we're supposed to do a, a march. We started getting death threats in 82, 83, man. People, even in New Jersey, did not want this march to happen, man. It was crazy. Martin Luther oh. King III, my dad still wanted to do it. My, Martin Luther King III thought it was not a good idea just because for safety reasons. And that's the only reason why we didn't do the march. That's 82, 83. But these are the things that kind of gave me was the impetus or the steps. My my Aunt Doris sung opera. I got a you know a cousin who's biracial, half black, half German. She's Philadelphia. She's from Philadelphia, my Aunt Doris, my great aunt. But she sung in Europe during that period where where she couldn't work here. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So she yeah. had to go to Europe to find work. And so she sung opera all over Europe. I had these memories. My, my grandmother Eleanor was singing for the mayor, Wilson Good, and all these people in Philadelphia. So I always kind of had entertainment and show business around me. I just was always scared to really enter in. I didn't really enter yeah. in until I got older, you know, and frustrated in my career. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So what was, your, what was your career before you went full-fledged? I was a network administrator. I was with GTE Verizon during the whole Pac Bell merger uh, with, with GTE, the big two conglomerates. So mm -hmm. before it became Verizon, so I went through that. I was, uh, 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 I, I went through the uh, Y2K, I went through all that, man. Um, and so that life was good for me for, for years. It wasn't a bad life. I was a network administrator in the, in the network operations center at the DFW airport in, in Texas, where it was a great cush job. I had eight days, I worked eight days, I was off six, but I worked nights. The last day was basically, I took off, the guy covered my shift, he covered, I covered his. So basically I, I was on salary, I worked about 28 to 32 hours a week, maybe. You know what I'm saying? Kick yeah. back, the sisters take care of themselves, you fix them, brought my PlayStation to work some days, you know what I'm saying? It was cush, you yeah. know, easy. I could have stayed in that life, but I got in that life, I'm looking at my kids, always playing with them. I had two at the time, and I was like, what do you want to be? What do you want to be when you grow up? You know, what do you want to be? And after a while, it started to echo and resonate with me, because I'm like, wait a minute, I'm trying to encourage them to do something that, even though I'm safe and comfortable, I'm really not doing what I want to do. It's a great, yeah. secure, easy, comfortable job, but it's... And it's, it's fabulous. I mean, it's a great life. Who would give this back? But I'm like, it's not what I want. You know, so yeah. that football was there hunting. I was like, what are the two things that you wanted to do that you never got to do, like you wanted to? And it was like, on those lonely nights working, like something was speaking. It was just like, uh, well, football, I can't do that anymore. Now I'm about 27, 28. Um, you know, and I was like, man, well, if I could just act at the, at the regional theater up the street, <clears throat> I think I'll be happy, you know, because I started to meet some people and all they did was theater. And I was like, man, you mean this is all you do full time, all the time? Mm -hmm. And I had this great job and they were like, yeah. And I was like, man, if I could do this like you, you know, so I, it wasn't like a hating thing. It was like, man, this is a motivating thing. You know, someone else might see it and be like, I want to do that. But since I'm not, I hate on you. You know what I'm saying? But like yeah. for me, it's just like, well, if you're doing that, even though I had this great job, if you're doing that, that motivates me. Now, so I took the steps and then the thing started opening up and the job was like, hey, what, what you gonna do? Cause we were touring, uh, I, I was doing stuff in New York, summer stage, and but I lived in Texas. Uh, we were touring, we were going to Europe. I was doing stuff in, uh, uh, we did a show called Blind Lemon Blues in Europe, in Geneva, Switzerland, in Paris, France. Um, we did that a few times. And so I started to get to the point where I was like, I don't wanna be on that job. I wanna travel the world again. And this reminds right. me of my youth, my how I grew up, traveling the world, being overseas, being in New York, all over the place. So I was like, I'd rather have this for, for nothing, even if I made peanuts. My wife was very supportive. 
And I was just like, I'm taking a leap of faith. (laughs) (laughs) And that's, that's challenging, I would assume, um, as a parent, because you, you're taking away, again, that one thing that's, that's stable. And you're saying, I'm going to, I'm going to leave this, take this risk to attempt to like fulfill this dream. Yeah. It may or may not work. Yeah. How, how scary is that as a parent knowing that you're about to take this, this leap? Um, again, that just may or may not pan out. Well, I think for me, it was extremely scary. I mean, it took everything in me to weigh it. I mean, I had to weigh it three months. You gotta understand, after I left my job 13 days later, my wife and I found out we were having our youngest son. <laughs> so I was like, oh no, what did I do? Oh my God. You know, but I had to remember that that, that mantra, you know, in a sense, you yeah. know, it's not, you guys aren't gonna, it, it, where I come from, one of these weren't cool. So when I started realizing I'm projecting this into, no, you're not, it ain't about what you want to be. I don't want you guys to be want to be. What are you going to be? You see what I'm saying? Yeah. And I'm like, I'm not doing that. So since I'm not doing that, it's even though I'm scared, now I, I'm not, a, I don't like to fight, but I had to fight a lot growing up. You know what I'm saying? And so mm-hmm. I'm, I'm not afraid to be hit. So, you know, I'm not afraid to hit. I don't want to, I don't want to be hit, but, but I'm not afraid of it. So I'm not afraid to right. take the hits. This was just a big opponent. This was a Goliath. That's like, okay, what's real? Is it the thing out there that's 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 kind of resonating this thing to make me push against what's really true, Rashad? What's true? The thing that's true is the thing that's in me that I feel. You're not going to be one of these. You're going to be. And how can I make that happen? As scared as I am, how can I make that happen? I got to get out there myself. I got to fight for yeah. you. I got to leave this job and fight that opponent that's trying to keep me on the sideline. Because what kept me on the sideline before? Moving. I couldn't get on the football field because we were moving all the time. Military. I'm not about to run from this. Now, when I'm right here and it's in my face, if I get beat, I'm going to beat back. I don't care. We're going to respect each other after this, but I'm going to at least go for it so they can have it. So it wasn't about me. It was about we in the beginning. It had to be about we. It couldn't have just been about myself. The dream was bigger than me. And then there was faith behind it. So I understand that the job was great and it was providing money, but it was just a provision. It was not the provider. It was not the source. It was not the electricity. I can't look at the computer like this is the power. No, it's coming from the wall. It was the power in me that I understood that was speaking to me. And it was wanting to see, am I ready? The Red Seas are churning. Are you scared? Are you going to cross over? Are you going to keep wandering in the wilderness? And I was like, well, well, my promise is there on the other side. And only thing that's going to get me there is faith. This law, this promise, this thing has kind of, this, this kind of led me here to the promise. But the thing that will get me over there is faith. And the only way I can do that is to step out of the boat. So and I literally said, Lord, if it be you, bid me to come, right? And I felt like mm-hmm. if you step out of the boat, you're going to walk on the water. And all I got to do is just keep my eye on the promise, not on the wilderness. Why? Because the wilderness is for the wanderers. But if I want to yeah. get to where I want to go, I got to keep my eye on the promise. And the promise is here. It's in me. It's the thing that I see. That's the port of my destination. It's like when I was going to Paris. Once I got on the plane and booked the flight, I couldn't change planes, the plans once I was in the air. I landed. Yeah. Then I can make different provisions and different, you know, set another destination. But I can't change it until I land. And my port was, you're going to be, and I'm going to lead the way. You see what I'm saying? And if if it takes everything in me, not selfishly, but selflessly, not just for me, but for we, I'm willing to make that sacrifice. Yeah. So the fear was there, but the faith was greater. You see what I'm saying? The fear is always there. The fear is always there. 
Yeah. And uh, it's you you hear people say like you can't operate in fear, and it's like that sounds great, <laughs> but it's like big decisions are scary decisions, and That's you right. can you you have faith that you're going to get through them. But it's like it's still that's a scary situation, and it's like when you know you're about to like uproot and completely throw things in disarray because mm-hmm. because you know that this thing is something that you have to do. Yeah, and a lot of people, again, a lot of people at that point they they can't do it. It's just it stops. It's like that's too much. I can't. I can't do this overcoming that is is huge so you have faith you walk out step out in this boat you're on the water you're going towards it when the failures start mm-hmm. yeah what what kept you what kept you going because now again like you're you're talking about there's another kid coming and you're doing this thing and like most actors it doesn't just jump in and then everything is just success so like now when you're like when you're approaching these things and you're you're getting the no's the rejections the failures how do you keep going without saying okay let me scale back and go back and take care of this family i'm out front you know what i'm saying i'm I'm out here i I have to take the hits i'm not like i said i'm not afraid to take the hits once i'm out there it's like i don't quit that's just how i'm built I just, mm-hmm. once I start and I, my mind is made up, I just won't stop. Simply because it's not about me, it's we. And I rely on that power. I rely on my word. Like growing up, word is born, word is bond. All that stuff was 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 my, was the mantras that we said. Yeah. And yeah. I was always keen on honoring my word. You know what I'm saying? Like, like my word says, Walt, you're gonna be the an A list actor. You see what I'm saying? That's my mm-hmm. word. That's not changing. So that's the standard. Now society might try to push back and hold against that. Doesn't matter. I'm gonna find a way through. Yeah. It might be when I'm 77, Walter wins an Oscar. <laughs> Doesn't matter, right? Because yeah. it's out front. It's out front. That's the port of destination. I got many ports. I'm not gonna hit that one first. That's not gonna be next, more than likely. But it's mm-hmm. on my map. You see what I'm saying? So when I got here, it was like everyone was already telling me, even when I was successful, I was successful as an actor in Dallas. So I, I got to the point where I left Verizon and then I started acting, nothing else. I was just acting for four or five years there before I moved here. And so it was mm-hmm. an opportunity for me to come here years prior because I got a contact to Fox and Robert Townsend. He was looking, doing this search. And I was a needle in a haystack. I was like, wow. You know, so it, that gave yeah. me faith. That gave me hope. I was like, so then they would contact me, stayed in contact with me three, four years. And so finally I was like, okay, I'm here. And they were like, oh, but that's going away. Sorry. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But what I did was yeah. it's little lessons that I got in my life. It was like, I remember seeing Shaka Zulu. I don't remember the entire movie growing up, but I remember the part where he hit the shore and he burned the boats. I remember that. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? My dad used to have fish growing up. And I'd be like, wow, the fish were this size in this tank, and you got a bigger tank. How'd they grow bigger, Dad? They were so small. Or the plant stopped growing in a small pot. And then he was like, well, son, you know, you got if you want to keep growing, because it's gonna die here, you have to take some of that old soil, mix it with this new soil in this bigger pot, and now the plant will continue to flourish. So I knew my pot had gotten too small for Dallas, right? Yeah. And even though everyone was saying, do not, I wouldn't uproot my family. And these were successful actors that I knew. They were saying, man, that's tough, man. I wouldn't uproot my family. 
I know some actors today that's extremely successful still in Dallas. They were lucky. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And and they're doing very well. And then big time movies and all that. I just didn't see that happening for me. It just wasn't yeah. going to happen for me that way. It was a glass ceiling. I could feel it. I'm auditioning for stuff, man. And I'm auditioning. My audition is better than the person when I see the movie that's acting in it. <laughs> and I'm like, how come I didn't get an opportunity? You know what I'm saying? And yeah. I'm like, it's this glass ceiling. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So even yeah. though there was people that thought I would fail, even though I know there's people that were scared for me and didn't believe, I think the main thing that you have to have is belief in yourself and be willing to take the hits. Because you know, you got to know the hits are going to come. You can't think, I want to get in the water but not get wet. That's just, that's ludicrous. You have yeah. to get wet. You got to get in the game. You got to take the hits. And like I said, when it's bigger than you and it's not just about you, when you're not just fighting for you, when you have something to fight for, it, it just, it, it keeps you in the fight. You see what I'm saying? And it's like, I, I'm thankful for, for, for Sugar Ray Leonard. I'm thankful for Muhammad Ali and all these and Tysons or whoever, all these great people out there that encourage me, Michael Jordans, that encourage that, that fire in me, you know, to, to say, you know, I just am not going to stop. I'm not going to, I'm not going to quit. I'm going to figure it out. Not yeah. for me, but for we. Not even just my family, for someone like Rashad, you know what I'm saying? For 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 just for whoever, whomever out there that's that 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 needs a message that says, listen, life is always pulling us upward. Like when you plant a seed, guess what it does? It dies under there, but then it starts growing. So that's what you have to do. When you plant a seed in terms of what you want, you have to die and then yeah. allow that thing to start growing out of you, but you growing with it. But life is always expanding. Once that seed dies down there, it doesn't grow downward. Only thing it, grow, it grows downward for the roots to establish its foundation. But then life is pulling you upward. Yeah. And as long as we're reaching upward, I found in my life, through experience, as long as I continue to reach upward, guess what? Somehow, even when it seems like you're about to sink, something will catch your hand. But if I'm aiming downward, guess what? That momentum will pull you down. It will pull yeah. faster than you know. Yeah. It's harder to go up than to go down. But once you go up, you can go down. But then you know how to go back up. But yeah. if you don't know how to go up, most people won't go up. But you have to look past the fear and look to the truth. The truth is what you really feel. It's like saying, I'm going to try that new job. I'm going to take this. I'm going to make that film. I'm going to go get my degree. Right? Those yeah. are all the things that kept me from going to get my degree, going to play football, going to do these things. It's fear. But once I started moving in the full of faith, a, a belief that those doors open too. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So you you get to the Oval. Yeah. Um, I've talked to a couple of people um, on Tyler Perry sets. Yeah. <laughs> they, they, they say it's basically like acting boot camp even for established actors, if you can, yeah. if you can get through a Tyler Perry show, there's nothing that you can't do in Hollywood. Mm -hmm. um, how was it for you going from where your career was at to stepping into a studio with Tyler Perry and being a part of the Oval cast? It was a whole nother beast. We did, the, I, I was in the Medea Farewell tour with him which was a stage mm -hmm. play, a stage play musical. Mm -hmm. We did that rehearsal in 11 days. I'd never rehearsed like that. So it was all new to me. I had never done what they call the urban Chipman circuit. You know, I had never done that. Um, and so that was new to me. But I think the, 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 the lessons that I learned in theater kind of helped me, guide me through that. 
when I first started with Tyler, after I got the Madeira Farewell Tour, they brought me in immediately. I got home after the Madeira Farewell Tour audition on a Thursday, on an early Friday morning. Because they flew us out Wednesday night to audition in Atlanta all mm -hmm. day there. And then we flew back that same Thursday night. And I got back to L.A. about late, that, that early, basically early Friday morning. That Friday, that same Friday I got back around 11 o'clock. I got to rush over to uh, Kim Coleman casting for a film, A Fall From Grace, with uh, Brisha Webb, Sisley Tyson, Miss Felicia Rashad, uh, um, 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 uh, Fox, Crystal Fox, Miss Crystal Fox. And I get cast in that. So then I just met Tyler Thursday, and I'm back in Atlanta Tuesday to film this movie right before Christmas. Five days we shot that movie. I'm like, he shot a whole movie in five days. So that was my first taste. Then we do the Medea Farewell Tour. We're on the tour. Tyler says, hey, listen, I got this for you, man. It's this thing. I got this idea. I was thinking it's the Oval and all this. He starts telling me about all this stuff. And so he's like, I, you know, I want to bring you with me. You know, you know, we need to get out on the road and all this kind of stuff. And I was like, OK, cool. You know, I'm not sure what he's if it's true or not. You know, I'm just but I'm trying to just make, remain professional the best I can. We do the tour. We come back. We do Tyler uh, uh, the show. They bring me and they say, listen, Walt, it's fast, but it's not going to it's not it's not like the kind of fast you think. I know you did the movie, but this is a whole nother thing. It's a series. Mm -hmm. And when we started, when I tell you, I had no clue because you have, with the movie, I have, I have wait, eight lines maybe, right? Mm -hmm. For the show, all this dialogue. <laughs> so we shoot over a hundred pages. I think we averaged season one, we had 25 episodes. Season one, season two, basically up. Except season four, I think was kind of like we backed off some. We shot at least about 120 pages a day. That's a lot of pages, man. That's, and that's going, a lot of pages. You're going, everything is all over. So you might do episode, let's say 101, 113, 121, go back to 108. So you always got to know where you are. You know what I'm saying? I think theater helped me with that because I just... Won't quit if I had to stay up all night. You know what I'm saying? They, yeah. You know, I, I just stay, you just got to stay in it because by the time you get there, I remember one time in season three, I was like, what are we doing? Tyler? What are we doing? She was like, oh, this, we're going to do this, 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 this. Okay, y'all ready? And then like, I, I tried, I was like, Alonzo, what, what is this? Because I was like, we're not supposed to shoot this here. We were shooting this somewhere else before. And it's like, uh, like what, what, what's, what's, the, what's the line? What's the line? What's the line? And then in action, I literally turn around and I'm looking like this. We're in the command center and I'm looking like this in the scene. And he says his line, and then I remember, oh, that's the line. And I remember my response, just from muscle memory. But yeah. otherwise, I didn't know where I was. When I heard it, my mind clicked, and I remember. But when you see the show, you don't even realize it. I had no idea where I was before that scene started. <laughs> that's how it goes sometimes. It's just so yeah. fast, and you kind of find it, you know. And, 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 and you basically get the one take, and Tyler's like, okay, we're moving on. Let's do this. Okay. I'm like, oh, oh I hope that was good. But you're always kind of like on pins and needles. Yeah. It's fast. So fast. So it's it's crazy. One, I didn't know that you guys like the. I guess the thought process as a viewer is that you just shoot that um, that episode. So you're shooting that episode, and then you just shoot the next episode. And you shoot the next. So we're thinking like you're not jumping from like episode one to episode five to episode three, episode seventeen. Like we don't we don't know that. So yeah, the, the amount of <laughs> the amount of script that you have to have memorized and know where you're jumping to mm -hmm. what's happening and then yeah. have that 
like yeah yeah it's I a lot like I yeah, did the, the moment corner, before you the first <laughs> listen when I shot a fall from grace after I shot the first day and I just had a few lines of that first day I remember I went back to my hotel I was like oh god I went back to my hotel room because everything is on the line right this is this is this is this is poker this is high stake poker you know what I'm saying yeah. in a sense and I'm like, oh man, I thought I didn't do a good job. You know, it's my first time working with Tyler Perry. I dreamt of this my entire life, not realizing that this isn't typically the standard everywhere and everything is so fast. I went back to my hotel room that night, my first time in Atlanta and cried, man. I literally, literally was in the closet crying <laughs> at the Georgian <laughs> hotel. Listen, man, man I got yeah. I, I got in the cab, the car, cause they had a driver for us to take us to the set every day. So I got in the car the next morning, cool, fresh, you know, new day. Okay, got it. Let's get back in there and learn from yesterday. On the ride over there, the lady says, so how is everything? He was like, oh, well, you know, it's cool. You know, it's a great day. I'm feeling pretty good today. You know, she was like, oh, that's great. She was like, you know, we get a lot of, she said, I don't know you. She said, you you seem young and new, but I've had some stars, some big time stars that done his movies and they get in the car and they're wrecked the next day. They, they tell me they broke, they broke down <laughs> crying. And all this. I'm like, are you serious? <laughs> it made me feel good, you know, that. Like, it's not just me. Stars, right, yeah, they're going through it, you know? So I'm like, oh God, I'm not, I'm not a, I'm not alone on this island. <laughs> <laughs> it's crazy. Yeah. So yeah. it's doing doing this show, doing yeah. the Oval, um, because y'all, you're basically like doing this show in the midst of all the things that are really happening in, in Washington. Yeah. Um, knowing that you're emulating this real life kind of setup that's happening in front of our eyes, yeah. on a daily basis. Are there things that you all want to make sure that go into the show that address like the real things that are happening and like bring that attention to like this real life situation that's our government basically? Oh yeah, I think, you know, I think the main reason why Tyler wrote this at the time because of uh, uh, the last administration, <laughs> you know what yeah. I'm saying? And so yeah. he was uh, really, uh, I think uh, gearing, you know, that kind of rhetoric towards uh, towards that, you know, yeah. Uh, uh, and and now I think he's just kind of uh, exploring some other uh, ideas. I think if that happens, especially the way things are, you know, talking and maybe kind of looking, perhaps it will it will start to point more towards that uh, the, the, that administration again, uh, mm -hmm. which I really really like. I think. Um, He's listening to some of the blogs or, or some of the things that the fans are interested in as well. I mm -hmm. think some of that writing is coming into play too, because uh, even this season, you don't see as much as the president and the first lady so much, you know, in terms of what we had earlier uh, and that yeah. kind of dynamic in the White House. I think he's kind of expanding this some so we can get ourselves outside the White House some to open the storylines up some more. And then we always yeah. can go home, you know. Um, but I think he's he's always thinking in terms of of what's happening, you know, you know, current events and stuff like that. Yeah. And Taja is your she plays your wife on the show. Yeah. Um, and I when I did her interview, we talked about just I guess like the chemistry that happens, and because everything is so fast paced, you all become like real life friends mm -hmm. because it's it's like a frat 
because yeah. you're all like in this together. We we're struggling together. We're crying <laughs> together. Like, what's our lines? Like right. everyone, everyone's going through this together. Right. Um, when you when you build these friendships with your with your castmates, what is that? What is that like? How does that help bring that that genuine kind of feel back on set afterwards? I, I think it's excellent. Um, I, what I what I uh, kind of dislike is the fact that we're not around each other more. You know what I'm saying? Because we're basically there less than two weeks, or right around two weeks, and then we're out. You know. And so yeah. for me, and that, like I said, that whole military thing, it doesn't seem to always give me enough time. I'm, I, it gives me enough, you know what I'm saying? Because it doesn't take me long, you know, in a day, you know, 10 minutes, 15 minutes, I kind of pretty much have a feel, you know what I'm mm -hmm. saying? So I can connect to those things. Um, but yeah. I sometimes do wish I had more time, you know, with, 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 the, with, my, um, with my other fellow actors. You know, just to be around more, you know, because typically when I'm there, I'm buried in work. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. We joke and cut up and have a good time. But I'm like, listen, I can't hang out like that, guys. You know, I'm older. <laughs> I got I got I got I got to really buckle down and lock in, you know, like uh, otherwise, yeah. you know, I, I wouldn't I wouldn't be able to keep it together. But that's the yeah. only thing I that I that I that I that I, I kind of um, wish we had more time, like, you know, like on a traditional set where you have those months together and you can build that family unit but we do still get together we get time to, to hang out uh uh when we were doing especially camp quarantine for those two seasons that was amazing yeah. because it really was i mean it was like man we're in here together and so that was yeah. very special but when we but the, the, the familiarity that we have with each other especially on screen when we get there it makes it just easy it makes it comfortable it lets you know you can trust your fellow actor taj is always great hard work and super talented it's like, uh, there's a lot of actors on there. You just know, okay, it's I have nothing to worry about. I can just trust yeah. this because we've been through it a little bit and let's just jam. So that's the wonderful part. Yeah. And speaking of camp quarantine, like a lot of people don't realize that like Tyler Perry's sets and houses are like fully functioning like houses mm -hmm. with like it's there's right. real running water, there's real electricity. So when they said like right. everyone was just living on set, we was like, how? Right. And it's, it's like, oh, base. this is a real, this is a real house. Base. <laughs> yeah, right. It's a former like, military is... base. So they stay all that stuff. Yeah. Like this is a serious setup. Um, <laughs> what, was, what was the, to be in this season, what was, what was the hardest scene that you've had to shoot while being on the Oval? What was the most challenging one for you? Oh, no doubt, uh, was the first lady in the yellow room. <laughs> man, I'm not going to lie. I was stressed out, man. Um, I think this season, the hospital scene felt hard. Uh, I, I think because I like, I was like, I'll get to those later. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like when I'm trying yeah. to learn it. I'm like, okay, the hospital, that's, that's, that's on day eight, maybe day seven, because he might flip and go, okay, we're going to shoot this. So, okay, so around day seven or day eight, I can get to that. Let me focus on this. So that might have been hard. But the first lady, you can't prepare for that. You know what I'm yeah. saying? It's really no dialogue. Uh, There's a little dialogue leading up, but then you're in it. So my thought was, how's it going to be shot? Which is going to be, oh, my God. I remember the first season when we did this, and I had to, I was naked. I was like, you know, trying to figure it out. What's, what's it going to be? Mm -hmm. And I, I, I was stressing so much, man. I ended up, I think, having a panic attack. They had to get medic and all that stuff for me. <laughs> having chest pain. I can't breathe. I'm serious. And so Tyler come in and dealing with the medic. 
He's like, you okay? You okay? I'm like, uh, yeah, I'm good. Just, just give me a minute. Give me a minute, coach. I'll be right there because I didn't want to. I didn't want him to see me sweat, right? Yeah. But I was like, I was like, okay, I can go. Listen to me, I can go. I can go. So literally, when we did that scene, it felt like I had a, 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 a ice pick going through my heart, in my chest. But wow. I, I, so that's probably explained the the faces. But it, but but I I said the, the faces probably work in my mind for for what it would be. You know, because he's just not really trying to make love to her. He's just trying to just, you know, get this thing out. You know, <laughs> he burned. Right. And so that I, it ended up working, I think, you know, on some level. But when we did the, the scene where we're outside in the cold and I'm running back with all that stuff from that season, chest pain. I'm trying to play it off. I'm like, this yeah. stuff is still bothering me, but I don't want him to see it, you know, and to keep the scene because he really wrote. You know, so let me just get back in the game. I'm not, I'm not injured. I'm just a little hurt. You know, so let me get back yeah. out. Of here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. So, I guess because we all, we all know, like at some point the Oval's on the end. Yeah. Um, what else are you? What else are you working on? Um, what do you want to work on? What's like a dream project for you? Well, coming up, I'm supposed to do this uh, 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 little uh, short film project. Uh, about a vampire. I play this guy named Slade who's in a relationship, this toxic relationship where he's a vampire and his family isn't. This is part of the story, right? Uh, and But he's trying to convert them and all this kind of stuff slowly but surely just so he won't be alone and he'll be a family. So I'm working on something like that right now. Coming up this weekend, we got to finish off some of that stuff. I get that done okay. uh, uh, with this great uh, writer uh, and producer and uh, director named uh, uh, Jeannie Joe, I can't think of Jeannie Joe's last name right now, but it, uh, when it, when I get the information, I will share it, um, which okay. I, I'm really excited about. But moving forward, man, I wanna I, I wanna get more in the film and stuff like that, man. I do believe I'm a leading man, you know, at least a lead supporting. Uh, uh, I do. I've been working on my craft a very long time, um, and I just believe I want to play with the best. It's not just about just being an actor. It's like okay, I want to be able to play at the highest level. When I had a dream of playing football, that that was that. Anything I want to do, I want to do at the highest level. So, you know, you want to be able to uh, 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 not compete, but you want to have people that will challenge you, you know what I'm saying, and expand yeah. your craft. So, like, I always had dreams of working with Samuel L. Jackson. I even got a, a wallet that says bad mother on it. You know what I'm saying? Don't say that <laughs> I mean, Tom yeah. Hanks, Denzel Washington, all the greats, man, like Robert De Niro, Meryl Streep. All these wonderful people, Steven Spielberg, Ryan Howard, Spike Lee, whoever, more Tyler Perry. Let's get it going. Yeah. Let's keep it going, Tyler. I mean, everybody, man, that, that's, 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 that's dreaming big and wanting to achieve big things. Um, BT is excellent for me. I'm grateful for them. I hope we're always family. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, but, you know, like at the, at the end of the day, I think like anybody, we always want to climb. Tyler got a billion. I'm sure he wants two. You know, then when it's two, you want four. You know, I, um, I've Absolutely. had opportunities of meeting some wonderful people around Tyler Perry, Miss Cicely Tyson, um, Whoopi Goldberg, um, Jay-Z, Ho, you know what I'm saying, <laughs> uh, Beyonce. <laughs> and so when you're around those kind of elements uh, uh, and, and you start to get a taste of it on some level um, and, and something resonated in me, it's like, oh, wow, you know, OK, this is this is this is something to aspire higher to this thing. Yeah. You know, let, let me not just stop here. Let me not just go to Jackson State and stop. 
let me keep going on to Colorado. Not to say that what, yeah. what he did in Jackson State wasn't good, you know, in terms of Deion Sanders, yeah. someone else who yeah, I yeah. always admired. You know what I'm saying? Deion Sanders. Um, mm-hmm. um, but there's a but there's a there's a mindset that says, listen, I respect you, but I respect myself too, you know, and 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 and, and I'm gonna go as far as this thing can take me. And that might his dream might be the NFL. You might not see that, but that's his goal. He might be thinking this is to help my kids to get here, you know. I don't know. But the yeah. goal is out there. Yeah. So of course the standard is always high. I want to work with the best. I want to be one of the best. Not just playing. I'm I'm trying to get the most everything I can out of me to serve her.